Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Standard Definition, the retro and nostalgia podcast here on the Boss Rush Network. I am one of your hosts, Corey Derrigan. Alongside me, as always, is the PC Muscle Race, Laurent Dawkins. What's popping? Uh, I was hoping you might say on your left. Anyways. Well, I, I could say on my left because it's my left fucking knee that's killing me right now. <laughs> to be fair, A, that line has not been spoken in the series yet. And B, technic- exactly. technically on my right. So, it's fine. Uh, also joining us, as always, is the master, the legend himself, Mark Pereira. On your left. Actually, you're underneath both of us, so. Too, too late. Uh, too, too late. late. I tried. <laughs> you late. did. Valiant effort. I tried. You know. Keep that up. You might get your own show someday. Hey. <laughs> That's what they said to Falcon. <laughs> and then they gave him the worst show. Whoa! So mm, whoa. Wait, what? Uh, whoa! Hands down. Whoa! Hands down. Whoa! That was—it's like that's my favorite show. I do not. I do not it's know so about bad. that. Wait, wait, Corey. We made this. We put this guy in charge of Boss Rush Entertainment on the writing side. Mm. Uh, he's got. He's got so much sus. Like opinions now like i mean i swear look you get you give a man a little bit of power and look what he does with it okay precisely precisely that also also we're doing an avengers show right now and he's got a big old batman poster behind him and i I know but i'm not gonna change who i am based on what show we're the way the way you're sitting your head is covering the marvel box and nobody can see it so all they see is this big like this all they see is batman standing on top of rex okay that's all okay. I see. I've got, I've got this. <laughs> I'll just sit like this the whole show. That'd be great. <laughs> Would be great. Could be another fifty minutes. Could be another <laughs> hundred and twenty. I have no idea how long this episode's gonna be. Yeah. Uh. Anyways, how's everybody doing? We haven't done a Marvel show in a while, but I'm glad that we are now. It's my Mark, favorite. I'm, Mark. Mark, I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's my fault we haven't done a Marvel show in a while because I've had every disease under the sun or someone in my house has. This is a problem of having three kids under the age of five. They're just walking cesspools and they bring home so many diseases and then you're <laughs> sick all the time. That's, that's true. I have two. And guess what? They are uh, walking booger faucets. Yeah. So anyways. Yeah, uh, so tonight's show is all about The Avengers, the 2012 film directed by Joss Whedon. Um, I felt the entire audience cringe, but in 2012, he was okay, you know, so. uh, But before we get talking Avengers and the plot and our favorite characters and moments and things, we're going to... Tell everybody about Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Boss Rush Network. You can support us for just a dollar over there. And you get Standard Definition and After Dark two weeks early, as well as Nintendo Power Block Expansion Pass and the Boss Rush Podcast one week early for just a dollar. But if you subscribe at the $5 tier, you become a Patreon producer. What does that mean? Well, you get your name shouted out on this here show. So, without further ado... Our Patreon producers for this episode of Standard Definition are Quentin Jackson, Rebecca Jewell, Adriel Munger, and 
my wife, Sana Dierig. I want to thank all of our patrons. I want to thank all of our free listeners as well. If you're listening on iTunes or Spotify, remember to leave us a five-star rating or review. It really helps us out. Now, I know people have asked me about putting the Patreon feed on Spotify. You can't do that through RSS feed. I don't know why Spotify doesn't allow RSS feeds for some reason, but it doesn't. I'm sorry. That is you must Spotify. read my mind. Yeah. That is a Spotify problem. Our free feeds are there, but if you want the Patreon kind of overall feed, it is not. So, sorry, buddy. Um, I do suggest using another podcast app for RSS feed. You do not have to use the Patreon app. It is not the best uh, for listening to podcasts. But, anyways, we appreciate everybody who listens uh also we're recording this uh at the end of may i'm not sure when this episode is going out i'm pretty sure it's in june but we are recording this in may so just to give everybody a heads up if you subscribe in june uh your name will not be on this list apologies we'll be on future episodes though all right uh let's see anything that we missed ah the merch store get your standard definition shirt or mug, or sticker, or whatever, your Marvel Standard Definition logo is up and ready to purchase. Appreciate it if you supported us. It'd be great to see that floating around. Uh, But without further ado, we're going to talk about Marvel's Avengers 2012. Uh, The superhero team-up of a lifetime featuring iconic Marvel superheroes Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, Thor... Captain America, Hawkeye, and Black Widow. When an unexpected enemy emerges that threatens global safety and security, Nick Fury, director of the international peacekeeping agency known as S.H.I.E.L.D., finds himself in need of a team to pull the world back from the brink of disaster. Spanning the globe, a daring recruitment effort begins. Uh, This movie had a budget of $220 million, the biggest budget of any Marvel movie to date. As of this release, not not now, obviously. Oh, I was but, about to I was about to say, no, damn. To you know, out of the previous six ish movies, Laurent, mm-hmm. uh, box office total of one point five two billion dollars. So I would say it made its money back, and a lot of it probably went to Robert Downey Jr. Uh, <laughs> uh, overall, this movie was. Uh, Going back and watching it in 2022, this movie is uh, very, it's very quaint, I would say. I mean, every Marvel movie now has like five or six characters in it at this point. Uh, But (laughs) this was a huge deal when this movie came out. Um, Mark, do you remember seeing the Avengers when it came out? Or Yes, it it was a huge deal. It was a, I mean... Yes. Yep. Yeah. It was yeah. a massive deal. Yeah. Uh, a very rare movie for me to see in the movie theater. I saw this in the theater, and I don't go to the theater a lot. I just don't like really? the theater. I just don't like the theater. I'd rather be at home. Uh, yeah, you sound like you sound like me, man. Like I, I, I am not like I am not like a movie goer. But there are but there are movies I'm guaranteed to go see. Well, there are movies. Yeah, there are movies I'm guaranteed to go see. 
um, in theater. Uh, normally, it's normally it's usually it usually begins with Star and ends with Trek. Mm. Um, and you know, and there's there's some other ones, but uh, and I and up until now, I would have said Marvel films are definitely ones I go out and, and see in theaters now. But um, but yeah, like I did, I do realize now that I have I have a I have Marvel phase burnout. I mean, like a. Like I've yet to see um I've yet to see Eternals and I have and I haven't gone to see Doctor Strange yet. Yeah, I I'm usually uh the person who waits to see until it comes to Disney Plus, right? I'll just I'll just wait. Well, they come pretty fast now. Yeah, it's like forty five days. They do I think. come pretty fast. Yeah, I love going to the movies. I mean, I'll go to the movies by myself. I really enjoy the movie going experience. Huh. I mean, I. I understand why. I just, I'm just, that's, I'm just not that person. Yep. Um, I think the last, I could probably tell you the last three movies I saw in the theater, and it's around the time they came out. It was, let's see, Deadpool 2, Avengers Endgame, and uh, the latest 007 movie were the last three movies I saw in the movie theater. So. Wow. Uh, let's <laughs> let's see. The last three movies I've seen in theaters was Everything Everywhere All, it, all at Once. Um, okay, that's in the this he- year at least. Yeah, uh, Candyman and In the Heights. In the Heights was. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't think I've heard of any of those movies, Ron. So. <laughs> as much as Stephanie and I have talked about every Everything Everywhere All at Once with Michelle Yeoh. And and the and the and the kid that was that was short round that grew up to be her husband that movie we've talked about it quite a few times on I remember Boston the short podcast. round conversation but to be fair when people yeah. start talking about movies usually I usually like if it's not on a show like this I usually <laughs> kind of like I've been movie podcast <laughs> I've been I've 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 been telling I've been telling everybody I know to watch that film so I know I told you at least twice to go see that film and now it's I now it's available it's, ava- it's it available it's available now here's the thing yeah, I think well, it is I, be- it. I I believe it is I believe it is here's the thing I I started this version of the show so I could start watching movies that I've never seen mm-hmm. and that's why the first episode was Ghostbusters and then we haven't really done another movie that I've never seen so, yet. So let me ask you this: You watch more? I guess you watch more television than you do than you ever have done movies in, right? Not, I mean, not really. I don't watch a lot of TV either. What What do you do? I I raise two I'm kids. Being, I'm being I'm being <clears throat> serious. I'm, I'm being serious. I'm not trying to like clown you or anything. What my do you do? F- my free time usually goes to either my wife and kids editing podcasts or video games okay okay stop you haven't seen ghostbusters ghostbusters came out in 84 85 i have now seen ghostbusters i have not seen ghostbusters yeah but you had not seen ghostbusters back then Mm-mm. well well no you hadn't seen ghostbusters in the past because I, I know you're 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 a little younger than i am um actually actually you're still in your 30s right yeah yeah so you're a lot younger than i am you know yeah. so i i mean i'll give you i'll give you that but i mean have you seen the goonies no you saw the damn Indiana Jones movies, though. Well, yeah, because Indiana Jones is cool. The Goonies are dumb. Okay, <laughs> okay. Mar- Mar- Marvel Studios presents yeah, okay, so, Paramount Pictures. So, okay, so other notable... So 2012 was a pretty big mo- year for movies. Uh, and I remember seeing a lot of these in the theater, actually, uh, back mm. then. Mm. Even though I just Don't backtrack about- now. Don't backtrack now. 
This was 2012. Okay. Uh, Dark Knight Rises. I had to see that in the theater because I loved The Dark Knight. Uh, Hunger Games. I was in The Dark Knight Rises. What? You were? Yeah. Save it for after the show. Save, I mean, save it for the end of the save for the end of the show. Save for the end of the show. No, yeah. save it. Save it for the end of the segment because I gotta hear it. Uh, Hunger Games, yeah. uh, Prometheus, Brave. I saw that in theaters. I saw that in theaters. I've never seen any of the Alien movies either, Laurent. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you any, any issues about that. Like, you gotta be. You gotta be made of a different material to to like want to see the Alien movies. Uh, Brave came out this year. John Carter, which. I actually really liked John Carter. It was, it, I don't know if you guys ever have seen it, but it's based off a book. It's based off a series of novels from the 1930s. And right. it's about a civil war veteran who gets transported to Mars because he finds a wormhole after the war. I did, I, I did not like the movie. And I, I liked, I liked it for what it was. I knew it wasn't going to be big. It was around that time when like Prince of Persia and stuff came out too. Like when Disney was trying to get into yeah, like PG thirteen blockbuster action movies, and they just weren't right. cutting it, so they bought Marvel and Star Wars. Uh, and I gotta tell you, man, when I was watching this movie, I thought like I thought I was watching Star Wars Episode Two because half of this movie is him fighting these big giant bug monsters in an arena, and I'm like. George Lucas totally ripped this book off. Why does nobody talk about this? He totally ripped <laughs> off this book. Uh, but, anyways. Uh, Snow White and the Huntsman, uh, Men in Black 3, Wrath of the Titans, Wreck-It Ralph, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Born, The Born Legacy, which was the one with... Uh, and, uh, what's his name? Hawkeye. <laughs> uh, Ted... I love I love that movie too. I saw I saw Ted in theaters that year. Uh, Dark Shadows, uh, mm-hmm. The Hobbit, the mm-hmm. first one, uh, Dread, Underworld, Awa- Underworld Awakening, Looper, Zero Dark mm-hmm. Thirty, Lincoln, and The Expendables Two were the major kind of action movies that came out that year. So honestly, twenty twelve was a loaded year. Yeah. 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 So. Mark, you were in the in the Dark Knight Rises. Did you yes, fight Batman? I'm a, I'm a big Batman fan. Um, and uh, they had a you know the scene where uh, Bane blows up the the football stadium. So they had a, a casting call for extras to be in that scene in Pittsburgh, and so um, I had a buddy who I hadn't talked to in I don't know 20 years who I knew lived in Pittsburgh. So I messaged him on Facebook and I was like, Hey, can I crash at your place for for two nights? And he was like, uh, Who is this? So I flew to Pittsburgh, and um, I so the the first day I was there, I just followed the production around. Like I watched them film the scene at the very end of the movie where they're fighting on the steps. Um, Batman and Bane are fighting and there's like everybody's fighting or whatever. So I, I watched them film that. And then, um, and then uh, the day of the football scene, like it was like a 17 hour day. And I was, a I was an extra in that scene. You can't see me in the movie at all. Um, but I, I held up a sign that says we Gotham by the balls. Uh, um, and then, uh, 
so the movie takes place in winter and so i was like i've got like i've got to be like i don't want it because they were very strict they were like you can't have any logos you can't have any whatever you'll be kicked out so i was like i want to be authentic to winter but it filmed in the middle of august and so i wore like like long underwear pants snow snow socks snow boots like jackets all this stuff People in between takes, there were girls who they they'd yell cut and they'd take their winter coats off and they would be in bikinis and they would just be sunbathing because it was so hot. And I'm here sweating my ass off, doing like like being like it's supposed to be winter and I'm wearing all these winter clothes. Um, but I, I sat I sat next to a guy whose legal name was Bruce Wayne. He showed me his driver's license, and <laughs> um, I won a raffle and Tom Hardy dressed as Bane. I got to go down onto the field and he handed me the prize. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was awesome. Incredible. It was incredible. That Tom Hardy, he's a, he's quite the actor. Yeah. That's cool. I've never, yeah. And it was like the first time that, that people like, cause you know, people were filming it while they were filmed. Like there was like cell phone footage and stuff. It was the first time we heard his like kind of, goofy voice and then they like they actually Brother. grew up the field which was really cool and um christopher nolan was there and i mean it was it was insane it was insane That's they so brought cool. during like in breaks they brought tumblers out onto the field to like so that people could look at them and stuff it was it was awesome that's cool yeah that's cool i live about 90 minutes from pittsburgh and i had no idea they were filming there so <laughs> well, I live in Houston, so I flew all the way. <laughs> to... They did, however, film the Avengers parts of it about 20 minutes from where I live. So that's cool. Really? And I actually know somebody who was in the Avengers. Which is oh, that's cool. awesome. Uh, we'll, we'll get there, though. Uh, she, she is uh, – so one of my friends from high school, her cousin uh, – was trying to become an actress and I don't I haven't talked to her since this movie came out. I saw her at Thanksgiving uh that year. And uh the scene where the when they're supposed to be in Germany and he takes that guy's eyeball and they scan it into the thing. When they go outside, you can very clearly see her. She's the woman in the red dress in the scene. And That's uh cool. yeah, she was it was cool. It was like a really big deal for our small town <laughs> that she was in the Avengers. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was crazy because like we had to go to Cleveland that at some point that weekend for something. I think we went to like, I don't know, we were going to some sporting event up there and like half the streets were shut down and we couldn't get to where we needed to go because they were filming. <laughs> so, uh, but it was cool. Anyways, uh, Laron, how did you feel about the Avengers when it came out? Did you what What were your thoughts? Uh, okay, well, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I remember back then thoroughly enjoying the film. Like, um, like it definitely it definitely got me amped to see to to want to see what what's next. You know, for for Marvel. You know, so that in my opinion, that movie did its job. Um, uh, some of the cool stuff. Uh, well, not well, because I mean, we're gonna get to our our. I think we're gonna get to our favorite moments in, in, in a little bit, but but overall, I was uh, like, I was a little upset about some things that did happen in the film, which we will get to like the, the least favorite and the favorite moments as well. But mm-hmm. ultimately, like, I feel like it finally like did 
what they promised to do, which was basically converge like the superheroes into one into one set thing. And I was I was ready to see what was what was next after after walking out of the theater. And of course the that in the well the 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 the, the post credit well the mid credit scene sorry the mid credit scene like mm-hmm. yeah 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 like it it had been it had been alluded to but that but that mid credit scene it was like yes we are here for it yeah uh we'll talk about it when we get there but I had yeah. no idea why everybody was so excited to, for that mid yeah. <laughs> credit so I guess I, so I guess I guess you were equally as thrown in um in uh in infinity war then the post-credit scene i guess you were thrown by that one too then well but at that point like by that point like so at this point i didn't know how big of a deal this was going to be i thought this was like i thought this was it right mm. i didn't i wasn't thought, aware that you, we thought would... this was, you thought this was gonna be the, you thought this is the end cap yeah i thought this was gonna be like <laughs> well i wasn't in it like i'm in it now you know back then i was like i was ready for the next x-men movie i was like wait, can wait, we make a good x-men movie like question, this question but you watched every movie previous to that though yeah so I, you thought that this was just gonna end it i well i i here's the thing i i figured i figured something was gonna happen after this right like and like at that point i knew they were planning like an iron man 3 right and i was like oh well i it they must be doing this again at some point, right? But I didn't. I thought that this was like. I thought this was kind of oh, we finally built up to what we were doing, and now we're just going to go back to regular movies again. Uh, and then obviously, I kind of researched it and figured it out. But I remember at the time I was like, man, this is cool. Uh. I, I for some reason I did not understand why this was a big deal because like cinematic universes had kind of already existed but not in this way you know like Star Wars existed Harry Potter existed Lord of the Rings existed these big blockbuster movies exist already like I just you for, you forgot a major one what Star Trek mm, I said major. <laughs> Major, huh? Major, <laughs> major, huh? Like, like Star Wars doesn't have. <coughs> they have lightsabers have... and pod racing and cool spaceship battles. Yeah, but I don't think Star Wars has thir- I need to check my. I need to check my Star. Let me see. Yeah, Star Wars doesn't have thirteen movies yet. Nope, they have eleven. Exactly. And Star actually, Wars twelve if you count the close clone- to thirteen. Twelve if you count the Clone Wars movie. I'll, I'll give you that because I actually enjoyed the Clone Wars movie. Yeah, but does Star Trek have a horrific Christmas special? No, thank God. <laughs> oh well, then what are you bragging about? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Because Laura. you know what? Because Look, you know, Laura, there some, there, there... here's the thing: there's going to be a standard def where you walk me through Star Trek, and we're going to talk about it. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I don't know if I'm ready for that with you. No, you're going to have to be because this is what's going to happen. Anyways, uh, but I remember everybody like really cheering, especially in the third act when like obviously they're all in New York, but they're all in different places. But then you get that big kind of circle around where they're all back to back. Right. And everybody, everybody in the theater I was in stood up and was cheering. (laughs) That's awesome. I was like, cause I, I went, I think I went with some people from work to a midnight showing 
I think that's why I went. Uh, and uh, I wasn't really dating anybody at the time, so I was do what I want, right? So uh, let's uh, let's talk about the characters in this movie and kind of how they've evol- evolved from their solo outings. We'll talk about uh, Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. He's got that really cool kind of walkway that with the circle kind of take my armor off while he's walking in. You know what? You know what? I'm I'm glad we're starting with him first. Um because technically we should have started with Captain America but, we, I but know. we're starting with Yeah. I know. Okay. I actually so, thought about starting with Hulk cuz that it's kind of our first major recast. Yeah. Well, second, yeah. I guess, but All right. So, I'm just going I'm just going to say this and you know what? And you know what? I'm going to do something that I used that I that I traditionally do on the other podcast shows I'm on. If you guys have if you guys have want to have words with me about this, definitely hit me up on social media at xdus803, exodus803. All right. So, this this movie Avengers is in my rewatch of the movie, I realized, you know what? Tony Stark is no longer no longer a likable character for me. Like he's like like he's a smug prick. And you know, and not even a smug prick in the in the in the way that you want to like smug pricks because there are some smug pricks that you actually are like, you know what? He's an asshole, but I want to be like him when I grow up and stuff like that. Nah, this nah, this dude is a fucking jerk most of the movie. Yeah. And the sad part, and the sad part is this jerkiness of his continues in Cap in uh, Iron Man three, uh, Civil War, <laughs> Infinity War. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it started in Iron Man two, technically. If you want to really talk about it, like during the scene still... where he throws himself a death birthday party, you know. Well, he's still right. well. In my opinion, though, like he still, it still, it still felt like you know, like a. He's, he, he still seemed cool, you know, like a little bit morbidly cool, but he, he still seemed cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and, you know, like there's just some things about it. Like, you know, like the only reason I, 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 you know, like let's look at his motivation. The only reason why he's in there is because like there's new technology that, that, you know, is like, is like, is like, is like a shiny trinket, you know, to a cat, you know, like there was new technology that he wanted to mess around with. He didn't care about the team. He really didn't. He yeah. really didn't, and he came, and he actually came on board the helicarrier, talking all sorts of shit to everybody, you know. And it wasn't even a respectable talk shit about them. Yeah. <laughs> like the only person, the only person he really seemed to like was 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 Banner. That's the only person he seemed to like, and you know, and that that love fest, you know, continues, you know, throughout the series, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but beyond that, you know, like, like he never really had he never really had respect, he never really had respect for uh for 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 Nick Fury, uh. He felt. Uh, he seemed like he always was trying to toss away Coulson. Um, Thor, enough said on that one. Uh, and and Captain America, uh, you know, apparently, apparently he was al- he was already holding his grudge, you know, about Captain America from the way his dad used to feel about Captain America before he even met the, he before he even met the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I um, disagree. Okay. I, I, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I welcome the disagreement. I, I do. I changed my mind. I feel, besides, I would say, really only recently, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, I feel like uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man is the one character who has had a a full character arc throughout the MCU where each, each change and iteration holds through to the next film, right? So, like, if you look at... 
like like let's look at Thor. Like Thor is a completely different character than when he started out. He's completely okay. different. Thor's okay. Been I just map, right? I just said the guy was un- I just said the guy was unlikable. I didn't say that you know there was no growth or development for the guy. <laughs> but my point is, I think this movie is his lowest point. I think this movie is when he is his most dickish, if I can say that. And so I think in the next in Iron Man three is when he like he, this movie he's like he's he's the he's the biggest dog in in the in the world right he's the most powerful he's whatever and then he finds out there are other worlds out there and there are other more powerful beings and so then he goes on this spiral in the next movie where he's like i'm not the biggest baddest in the world and then that takes him on the rest of his character arc and so i think he has to be completely unlikable in this movie because his sole purpose is just to kind of well mess with people I'm, I'm so, gonna... I, I, so, so I, I kind of agree, I guess, in that I think he's supposed to be completely unlikable in this movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna come back to this part of your conversation when we get to Age of Ultron. Okay. I, well, that's a good point, but <laughs> all right, all right, <laughs> we, 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 can, we can talk about that again. But uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, like he has some good moments in this movie, but he's he's. I just I I feel like some of his and I feel I feel this way about a lot of the character interaction in this movie and I get they wanted this it was a big deal to get everybody their own kind of moment in the movie right but I feel like a lot of it was very and and I know this is a movie and this is going to sound whatever but scripted and very uh uh noticeably on purpose you know and uh i feel like they i feel like his some of his moments were very like some of his quips were drawn on too long like him and captain america like that quip in the lab before hawkeye blows up half the ship or uh uh you know the where they're fighting in the park or in the woods or whatever right the three of them are fighting in the woods like there's some good one-liners in there, but some of it just felt like it was very too on the nose and took a little bit too long to play out. And I feel that way about a lot of Joss Whedon's kind of stuff that he's done over the years. Like, and I, and I know what he's doing and I know, sir, I know people like that kind of thing and I know I'm in the minority of this, but I just feel like, I feel like some of the character moments, quote unquote, kind of stuck around too long. You know, I know Nick Fury has a couple of, of lines for certain characters like his his uh dialogue with loki it just kind of draws out too long for me uh some of it and to the point where it kind of loses its impact come on come on come on when are they when are they not gonna put samuel l jackson in the movie and not give him a monologue no it's not it's not that it's not that it's just i feel like it's too long and too scripted you know what i mean like i i feel like I feel like everybody is literally it's the it's the prequel Star Wars prequel problem almost although not as bad because the dialogue isn't as bad but like it literally feels like everybody's reading something off of a page for the most part and mm-hmm. I just I couldn't get that out of my head you know and it especially stands out when Nick Fury's talking to Loki 
or when Loki and Thor are talking to each other, or even when anybody interacts with Loki or Thor, really. It just feels like, man, the only character in this movie that doesn't feel like any of his dialogue is like, he's reading it, is Agent Coulson. And like, some of the characters have a better, do a better job of hiding it, like, uh, like, Robert Downey Jr. does a good job because he's just a great actor, right? But Scarlett Johansson, when she's talking to Hulk in the hut, right at the be- like when they go and search for him, like that just feels like a totally. I'm reading these words off of a page, and they're supposed to be impactful, but they're not because I sound like I'm reading them off of a page. Yeah, I mean, there's a little bit of tonal whiplash, and I think Joss Whedon was trying to... He's got all these different things, right? He's Mm -hmm. got this, like, super techie billionaire um, kind of sci-fi world, or, or, sorry, um, kind of very, very realistic world meshing with this, like, Shakespearean, you know, gods and monsters world meshing with this 1940s character meshing Mm -hmm. with this super spy. And so it's like, okay, well, let's make everything kind of light and quippy and make them all sound kind of the same. And so it, there was, it was a little bit jarring to see at first. And now it's kind of a trademark of the MCU. Like everything pretty much sounds all that kind of jokey banter. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I don't mind the jokey banter or everything sounding like it belongs together. It just, it literally just sounded like they were reading off of a page or off of cue cards and not delivering it in a way, you know, that I, I don't know. It, maybe it's just a me thing. Maybe I, I'm the only one that noticed it. But, uh, but yeah, I also like uh, <laughs> I do like some of Tony Stark's one liners, though, like when he calls uh, uh, Loki reindeer games or <laughs> when <laughs> when he call, tells Cap he's pretty spry for an old guy. Uh, you know, he does have some pretty good one liners. And he like when he tells Hulk, like, oh, I'm you're uh, whatever on this scientific topic is extraordinary. And I also am a huge fan of when you turn into a big green rage monster. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's very good. Uh, some of his lines are pretty good. So, but, uh, Steve Rogers is next. Uh, I like how this movie opens with him boxing and kind of breaking the, the, the bag and, and him having to hang up new ones uh, because he's just kind of overwhelmed and angry and sad. He's pent up. He's, he's feeling, pent up. Yeah, he's feeling all these emotions and stuff from obviously being tr- transported, literally waking up literally 70 years into the future and, you know, the war is over, but there's a new one and probably getting acclimated from a 1940s culture to a 19 or a 2012 culture is pretty <laughs> drastic. I would imagine. <laughs> um, but what do you guys think of Steve Rogers in this movie? What's interesting to me is the first time I watched this movie. Um, I, I, so I wasn't really a Marvel fan. I like the Marvel movies. I was a big DC fan. This movie changed that for me, but um, I was like, every character that they introduced i was like come on let's get to iron man like that's the one i wanted to see i was excited to see iron man again and this time watching it it's like every single character i see and this is the benefit of you know 10 years 12 years later but it's like every single character i see like i'm i'm so excited to see that character um i think most of all captain america i think captain america is the one character who has completely 
done a 360 for me because I, I didn't really like Captain America at first, and, and now he's one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Um, and I just, I, I love the way he's handled in this movie. I love that he's kind of our, our, he and, and in a little bit Coulson together are kind of our, like, the, the viewers stand in, in the movie. Like it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, I don't know if trope is the right word, but it's pretty standard to, especially in fantastical movies like these to have a stand in for the audience. Who's like, what's this thing and how does this work? And so you can explain it to that character rather than having to explain it to the audience. And I feel like Captain America really fills that role in this movie uh-huh. of, of being explained to what's going on. And so he's, I mean, I, thought he was fantastic in this movie Mm -hmm. yeah i i really really like steve rogers i i mean captain america i think is my favorite mcu character even agreed even now even now like i mean i know like i have my favorites but like he stands out as like because i like how he stands for what is right and not you know because like his big fit obviously in in captain america first avenger He's Captain America. He stands for what America stands for. But as his character evolves, he kind of starts standing for what is morally right and what America should stand for and not exactly what, you know, some of the things the government does now stand for. Uh, And you start to see that and what will eventually become uh, uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War right as when he finds the hydro weapons and i think that you start seeing his mind shift into okay this is a different world who can i trust how do i trust certain people that kind of thing mm-hmm. uh and i i like going back to this movie knowing what happens after that you can kind of start seeing uh the 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 wheels turning and and him trying to start figuring out what's going on uh, outside of all this as well. Uh, I also like the Wizard of Oz reference, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it's like the one thing he understands in this world. In this world, is flying monkeys reference. It's pretty good. Uh, what about you, Leron? Uh, as far what y'all know, y'all y'all know me. Y'all know I'm Team Cap. I know. I I want to know what you thought of him in this movie. Okay, honestly, everything I, I like. I I. Definitely, for sure, love the fact that you do. Like, they actually showed how he was, like, how he was doing acclimating to, like, 21st century, like, the 21st century world and stuff like that. I loved it. But I also loved, I also loved the fact that, you know, two things stood out to me. Two things stood out to me the most. Like, he did not want to be, he did not want to be hyper sensationalized. He did not want people, like, fawning over him and stuff like that. So, you know, like, when people, when people came up to him on the helicarrier, you know, stuff like that. You know, he was trying to treat like it was another day. He was, he was especially trying to like, you know, like, like sidestep Coulson. You know, like Coulson. Uh, uh, Coulson was Coulson was his first school, uh, the first schoolboy crush that that he had to deal with because, like, we all we all know the next one is Ant Man. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, like so so there was that he was trying to he was trying to downplay all the attention he got, which which is which is. Which I loved how they ran that arc because he was definitely trying to downplay the attention in the beginning of the film and throughout the middle of the film. 
But as he stepped up and became the leader and stuff, and he and he and it was after he saved those people in that in that um in the cafe and stuff, mm-hmm. like then he was like, okay, this is this is this is what I this is what it is this is what I this is what I am this is this is what I I have to be and stuff like that. And then the other the other thing about him is the fact that you know like he was the natural he was the natural born leader for this for this team because like everybody is dysfunctional. I mean, everybody's dysfunctional. You have this rich, we have this rich smug motherfucker that invents everything. That's that's thinking, that's thinking that you know, as long as he's doing his thing, because like there was three, there were three different times his movie. Well, yeah, actually, no, there's two different times his movie where Stark was playing the loner, you know, um, and you know, like it was one of those things. It's like it was like, okay, so how do I deal with this guy? You know, how do I deal with this guy not want to be a team player? You know, you have you have Romanoff, who you know, she's high shield. So she's protecting everybody. She's protecting all the secrets, you know. So it seems like she has her own agenda, you know. Um, you got you got Banner, who he truly who he truly respects, but he also like he keeps away with, a, with, with like a ten foot pole, um, because you know like any time like the guy could go off, you know, and stuff like that, you know. Like he's he's assessing he assesses Banner for when he will be a threat, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And Banner is like and Banner's like very low profile, which we'll get to him in a, in a few minutes. But um and then um. Uh, and then there's Thor. Thor is just reckless, brash, stuff like that. He he's with the team one minute, then he's doing his own thing, and he and he, and he's got this mad on about making sure his brother is protected and stuff like that. So you know, yeah, like mm-hmm. like Stark had a lot of freaking balls in play, and he was also he was also playing a political game with Fury as well, you know, stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like I feel like I feel like in this movie he was the one that had the most development. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Before we move on, I just have to say I really liked the point where he was helping Tony Stark outside, and he's like, and he opens that thing, like the circuit board or something, and <laughs> Tony asks him a question. He's like, this seems to be running on some sort of electricity. Electricity. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, Thor, everybody. Thor is, uh, he's still Thor in this movie. Yeah. Not he's cool still... Thor. He's just Thor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I miss still... this Thor. You do? Yeah, I don't like the jokey Thor. I know everybody loves jokey Thor, and everybody loves Ragnarok, and they're all excited for Thor Love and Thunder, and I just love Shakespearean just Thor. I mean, I I, I mean, I like I, I like Thor overall, but, I mean, like, this Thor, like, he's... Actually, this Thor wasn't as jokey as he was in, in his own movie. Um, he was not as, as jokey. Like he, like he was like. I don't know. He, he made legit... that adopted joke about Loki. It was pretty funny. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah, he has his lines. You know, that's that's Whedonism one hundred and one, though. Um, but um, but um, but in all seriousness, he was really just there to collect Loki. Like he didn't care about what else was going on, and he was just playing the game with 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 uh, with, with Fury, Coulson, and and Shield. You know, to get to get his brother back. You know, like because. In all seriousness, I don't even think he gave a rat's ass about the Tesseract until the Tesseract became a big deal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and how the fuck did he? How the fuck did he get to Earth? <laughs> did uh, I miss something they ex- there? They well, explain no, that. No movie has. Ex- I mean, not really. It's just a line, but they don't really like. The entire premise of the third act of Thor is like destroying the. Um, the Rainbow Bridge. What's it called? The Bifrost. The Rainbow, yeah, yeah. Not well, being yeah. able to see Earth again. Yeah. How the fuck did he get back? 
I don't know. Well, there's I, I don't know. There's there's like a one line thing in there. There like Loki asked him the, how much magic Odin had to muster up I, to send him there. I heard I heard I heard the line. I heard the line, and you know what? It's one of those things. Is like okay, so how so so yeah. So his cheat was they used the tesseract and and Loki's magic to get back. Right. Well, and then in, in Thor two, the Bifrost is completely reconstructed and everything's fine. Yeah. So it just it's never magic. really addressed again. It's magic. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I don't really have much to say about Thor uh, in this movie, really. To me, to me, this movie was about Tony and Steve, and then the team. Like, I, I still don't think it was. I don't. Th- I think they tried to make Thor a big deal, you know, but I don't think he really hits that level yet in this movie. About you know, I mean, he has some cool moments like when Cap, him and Cap are fighting at, in the third act, right together on the bridge where Thor helps him up and they're like throwing the hammer off the the uh, shield or whatever. Um, yeah, but I just I don't think Thor is as cool in this move in this movie as Iron Man or or Captain America. Let's let's be ser- let's be serious. This movie was honestly about Tony, Steve, and Nick Fury. Yeah. That's what this movie was about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was Shield the movie for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, which which I mean, which I mean, I'm I'm all for. I love I mean, me some Shield. I mean, this this I mean, at this at this point in their careers, they were the three biggest actors in this movie, right? I mean, right. Yeah. to be fair. Yeah. I mean, I guess Jeremy Renner is a pretty big actor at this point too, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's on the rise at least. Yeah. Uh, you know, but everybody else is like, I mean, Scarlett Johansson wasn't exactly a huge name. Really? I think she's pretty big by this point. Is she? Well, well I mean, I guess she has a lot in this movie. I, too, I, I, I knew who, I knew who she was, but you know, like, she, I feel like, I feel like thanks to the Marvel movies that now I'm sick of her ass. I, I mean, <laughs> Yeah, I guess in 2012 she was bigger than I realized. But, I mean, she also has a bigger part than Thor in this movie, I feel like. Right. So, I don't know. Anyways, let's let's talk about Scarlett Johansson since she's next on this list. She was fine. I love this Black Widow. I, I love this this movie's Black Widow. I, I, now, I say it like this because I feel like... I feel like every other movie that Black Widow appears in is always a different fucking version of Black Widow. <laughs> well, I kind of I, think that's the point of the character. Like, she doesn't know... She is so, you know, into her super spy being who she needs to be in the moment. She needs to be cute and flirty with Captain America to do what she needs to do in Captain America Winter Soldier. She needs to be, you know, whatever it is she needs to be innocent in uh, Iron Man 2. Like, I think that's kind of the benefit of that type of character, the writing for her is so all over the place that she hasn't been the same person from movie to movie, mm-hmm. but it kind of works for the character that she's playing. Yeah. I actually really liked her solo movie. I, I did really, too. really liked I did too. I, I did too. Great. But I feel like it felt a lot like when like it, it had the same vibe as something like winter soldier. Right. And that's, that's what I liked about it. And so you know that more Marvel films would be like winter soldier. I mean, that's one of the greatest Marvel films. I know. Hands down. It, mm-hmm. it is the greatest mm-hmm. Marvel film. Hands down. I will... uh, yeah. Yeah. I can, I mean, I can go on that. I can it, go on that. I, it's my favorite. I won't say it's, it might not be the yeah. greatest. I think Endgame is pretty imp- <laughs> big. You know, I think it's, yeah, 
impressive the how that pulls everything together. But uh, out of it, all these MCU movies, the Winter Soldier is still my favorite movie, at least as far as the serious movies go. Because like the yeah. ones that technically are not part of the main storyline, I have a favorite out of that out of that one too. But we'll get to that in the future. Yeah. Uh, but I I really don't have a lot to say about Scarlett Johansson in this movie. She's fine. I feel like I her feel like her. I feel like her. My favorite part is introducing, pretty much reintroducing Bruce Banner to to the world. Yeah. Like, uh, I really think her and Mark Ruffalo have a great chemistry across yeah. these movies. And I mean, I think it's they're meant to, but it's they they had a great chemistry until they didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know. Uh, so yeah, I I like that, but overall, I don't really have much to say. Uh, she's acrobatic, I guess, when she's fighting the things. Also, I guess she uh, gets credit for opening the portal back to space to close the thing, close the portal. I guess so, which I actually totally forgot that she was the one that did that. Right. Cause the movie is so focused on the other three, like other big three characters. That hey, they had, hey, they had to get the support characters, something. Yeah. Hawkeye jumped off the roof backwards. <laughs> so, which, you know, what? I, I, I've always known Hawkeye to be good, but damn, he was like, he was like superhuman in this, in this movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, do we want to, uh, Mark, do you have anything to say about Scarlett Johansson before we move on to Jeremy Renner? I guess we could kind of talk about them both in the same kind of way. Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought she uh, Scarlett Johansson was fine. I wasn't a big Scarlett Johansson fan until this movie, um, and this made me—I wouldn't call myself a big Scarlett Johansson fan, but I'm—I'm I'm a fan of her stuff, and I'm a fan of her portrayal as this character. So I thought she was great. Yeah, I can't really see Black Widow without Scarlett Johansson anymore. Like, I, I yeah, I guess that actually goes for most of these characters. I just can't see, like, even, like when I see the Avengers video game or I see like some comics come out or whatever, like, and it's not these character, like these actors playing these characters. I'm just like, oh man, like, it's it's just. It's weird, right? It's not like Batman, where since the '80s we've had multiple different people play Batman, right? These are like, like the first real iconic versions of these characters on the big screen, right? And so it's just weird. It's just weird seeing other versions of these characters now, and even now when we're kind of shifting into a new generation of the of these characters, right? A new, a new Hawkeye, a new Black Widow, uh, a new. Uh, uh, Captain America even it's just it's kind of strange not seeing these characters play them right even though I love Anthony Mackie's Falcon Captain America I almost said Captain Falcon yeah. but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a completely different continuity I know, I know. <laughs> uh, and I I can't I can't wait till we get to some of the shows because I want to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier at some point uh, Ooh. I thought Falcon and Winter Soldier would be too new. This is an MCU rewatch. It won't be new by the time we get to it at this at this pace. Yeah, I'm just, be, I'm just going. I'm just going off of what you what you told me when I when I mentioned Halo. I did. You can do that as like a Crossroads Plus episode. Halo, 
The Halo show is too new to do a standard definition on. Okay. It's fair. It's fair. I've 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 reconciled I've reconciled what you said. It's it's fair. Uh anyways. Still think still think you didn't have to be such a jerk about it. I wasn't a jerk. <laughs> Jeremy Renner is uh, Hawkeye, kind of the real, the first real look at Hawkeye in these movies. Obviously, he showed up in Thor, but uh, this is really the first time uh, we see him uh, when he he's sitting up in his perch. The hawk, he's sitting in his perch, right. like a little too on the nose that line. But uh, I actually kind of like him as a sidekick villain at the, in the first half of this movie. He's scary, yeah. man. Yeah, man, he's yeah. Like uh, he wasn't. Yeah, like yeah, like he wasn't fucking around. No, no, he he was not. Uh, and he he poses a threat, and it's cool. It's cool because like, not only is he a very accurate dude, bow slinger, guy shooter, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> archer. There we go. <laughs> dude, let's just, let's just let's just say it. Like like. <laughs> Like what he did in this movie for people who for people who know anything about the like the actual MCU like movie and television universe canon, he basically introduced Hydra. He basically he basically introduced the modern the modern day version of Hydra. Well, there's a all couple those, there's a couple of people people that show people up that as Hydra on the helicarrier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I see what you're no, no, saying. No, this but... is no, this is no, this is this is more like an Easter egg, you know, like he because he talks about how Shield has all these enemies and stuff, and you know, and he he basically he basically soft launched Hydra in the modern for the modern age for for the audience's uh, viewing, not so much not because Hydra's out there. Yeah. Right. Mark, what what do you think of Hawkeye? Uh, I mean, I thought he was kind of wasted in this movie just because he was hypnotized the entire time or mind-controlled mm-hmm. or whatever. And so I think, honestly, the character of Hawkeye throughout the MCU until his own show was kind of just never really fully realized, was just kind of there. And, I mean, they gave him some background that was nice in, in um, Age of Ultron, but um, he just kind of got shuffled around it feels mm-hmm. like a little bit until he got his own excellent excellent show yeah um i so to, to that point fine. to that point it just it felt like they never really figured out what to do with him really. right right to your point and he you know famously was upset about his role in avengers because he signed up to be this Avenger superhero whatever and then he's just basically a mind-controlled lackey for most of the film um, and I thought that there was a lot of th- there could have been a lot of great potential for some really deep stuff with like you know one of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s own coming in and like destroying S.H.I.E.L.D. and and you know he's friends he knows everyone there and he's friends with Black Widow and they didn't really mind I mean there's a lot going on in this movie but there could have been a lot of really emotionally impactful um, storytelling that could have been told with his characters specifically. Um, and that he was like, you know, he knew where to shoot on the ship to bring down the ship to do like all of these things, but they just, they didn't really explore that. So I feel like it was a missed opportunity. It would have been too long and misplaced. So I understand why they didn't do it, but 
there just could there just was this really great emotional story to tell that they didn't mm-hmm. with him fighting against those that he loves. So yeah, I don't know. He was fine. All right, guys. The the kind of the the second major recasting in the MCU. Mark Ruffalo as the new Bruce Banner. I love Mark Ruffalo in this movie. Yeah, I, I thought he was great. I yeah. love him as Bruce Banner. I think he's great. I I really liked Edward Norton's Bruce Banner, but they're two like kind of totally different takes on the character almost. And I just I really really like Mark Ruff- Ruffalo's take on on Banner. So same. Yeah. Same. Uh, uh, and actually, and actually, I feel like they actually did a better job of fleshing him out as an actual genius, you know, with 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 Avengers. Like, because I mean, because I mean, let's yeah. let's let's look at it for what it is. Like, you know, um, like the the Incredible Hulk movie was good. It was a pretty decent action movie. It was like that, but you know, like it just. But basically, they were just focusing on the fact that he was always on the run, and he mm-hmm. wasn't really like he wasn't really like doing smart guy shit. You know, the only smart guy shit right. he was doing. The only smart guy shit he was doing was trying to cure himself, which is not bad. Is not is not bad. Trust me, it's not it's not anything to be damning, you know, about for that film. Yeah. But I mean, like, but I mean, like, the guy was the guy was on his way to literally recreating the super soldier serum, which is why he became the Hulk. So like, this dude's actually smart. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So seeing him do more smart, smart, smart guy shit, you know, mm-hmm. messy, messy with the scepter, you know, uh, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Like. I'm, and and the fact that him and like I said him and Tony like immediately had a bro fest as soon as they met in that lab, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I really enjoyed that the first kind of transformation into Hulk too. I feel like his Hulk looks probably the the most real out of it, like out of the yeah. Two, like this is yeah. the third what the third iteration of big screen Hulk we've seen really. Yeah. Right. And. Uh, I mean, I guess fourth. It actually, not Lou Ferrigno, but okay. I mean, let's. I mean, let's be serious. Mark Ruffalo's Hulk, the, the, with the with the work they put into like the CG for him and everything, he actually looks very similar to the Hulk in the comic books. Yeah, well, he actually looks a lot like Mark Ruffalo, which is great. I mean, I know like the <laughs> yeah 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 the right. motion that, capture that, that too. A lot that of the too. motion capture and stuff, Mark Ruffalo actually did, and like mm-hmm. they actually, if you watch the behind the scenes stuff for the animation of this version of Hulk, they actually use Mark Ruffalo's face as a base for the Hulk's face. And that's why obviously throughout the MCU, the Hulk looks a lot like Mark Ruffalo. If Mark Ruffalo was the Hulk. So I really liked it. It was great. Uh, Also (laughs) when he falls, when he falls out of the, uh, the the ship and he's like he lands <laughs> naked and the, the guy asks him if he's an alien. Yeah, guess nude. <laughs> uh, he's like, son, I think you have a condition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, and then uh, also a great scene when he shows up in New York and he's like, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh cap tells him to suit up and like uh you know he's like my my secret is i'm always angry or whatever that's such a yeah such a cool... oh he was like he was like he was like he was like banner get angry <laughs> yeah uh also when the hulk kind of <laughs> uses loki as like a just 
just throws him around like a rag doll. A rag doll. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> that scene's good. When he, him and Thor are kind of having that bro moment, and then he just punches him out of the scene. That's really good. Yeah, it gave it gave Hulk like some character, not just being some big CG monster who runs around, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it made him like an actual character, which was nice. Yeah. Uh, also, this when he's chasing Black Widow through the helicarrier is terrifying. That was tense. That was tense. He's terrifying. That's so scary. Yeah. Like, he's so fast. Yeah. Like, you always think of the Hulk as, like, this big brooding monster who destroys everything, but he's fast. He's nope, he so wreck, fast. He will, he, will, he will wreck your shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But then, like, the fight scene with Thor after that is pretty cool. Uh, I think it's cool when Thor pins him down with the hammer and he realizes he can't pick the hammer up. Uh-huh. <laughs> that scene's really cool. Uh, and just the way, like, he gets tossed around there and, like, he breaks some airplanes and it's it's it just kind of shows you how big he is and how destructive he is even when he's not trying to break stuff right i don't know i i i really like the hulk in this movie and i'm not even a big hulk fan so yeah anybody else have anything to say on the hulk uh nope great i I thought it was great yeah i thought it was great too uh nick fury uh played again by samuel jackson very capably again another character i can't think of without seeing samuel jackson even though most of the versions of this character before nick before samuel jackson was a white guy even though i think there's like a canonical version of nick fury that is white and this is his son or something i don't know somebody's way smarter than me could probably figure that out but uh how do we all feel about samuel jackson as nick fury is there anything is oh first of all is there anything negative to say i mean i don't yeah. have anything negative to say i think wait, wait, you have something negative to say mark no no no, no. i'm saying oh, yeah okay. i agree is oh, there okay, anything okay. negative to say no, no i think he's fantastic i think i think samuel jackson is was kind of like born to play nick fury i think he's great yeah i think he's great what i what i do love is the fact that they actually let samuel l jackson do his thing you know like they like they're, unlike mace you, windu you, in star wars <laughs> yeah you can no yeah you can pick out you can pick out when 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 his when his line was ad-libbed you can pick you can pick him out <laughs> yeah right yeah uh he's very samuel l. jackson in this movie but it's like a it's like a aimed samuel l jackson right they're like hey as long as you kind of aim your Samuel right. Lness in this direction, yeah, right. we'll probably this be needs okay. To get from A to B, but however you want to get there, yeah, just go as long as you say this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it actually makes me excited for his show. What is it? Secret Invasion? Is that the show that he's in? Yeah, I'm assuming, right? I'm. I mean, yeah. I, I bet he's in other shows too, but like that's his show, uh, right? With that's uh, when we know we'll see him next. Yeah. Uh. Maria Hill, played by uh, Kobe Smulders of uh, How I Met Your Mother fame. Okay, now here we go, because um, because th- because of this movie, I am now a Kobe Smulders fan. Like, like I mean, I'm still not watching How I Met Your Mother, but why? Everything this, else, this show's everything so good. Else is, everything, uh, you know what? I think, you know what? Uh, without getting too deep into it, I have a. 
I've always had a, a problem with watching shows on CBS. Shows on CBS have never really seemed to like to like gotten my you know grab me you know to the point yeah like the only sh- CBS show I think I can say I religiously watched was NCIS and I only watched that when I was rerunning on USA. Isn't Star Trek owned by CBS or the parent company? Well, CBS. Well, Star Trek used to be owned by Paramount. Right. Like way back in the day, Star Trek used to be a Paramount property, and then Paramount. Well, CBS, CBS and Viacom, like you know, snapped up Paramount, and then you know there was this big fight about like the about different franchises. So it wound up like that Star Trek the series wound up under the the CBS banner, and Star Trek the movies stayed under Paramount. So this is crazy. It's this crazy shit. But yeah. guess what? But guess what? Star Trek is the exception, as far as I'm concerned, because because mm. like I said, like like you know, like I've had people try to throw like CBS shows on me throughout the years, like like Big Bang Theory is another one. They're like, dude, this is so you. And, and every time I watch an episode of that show, I'm like, this is so fucking stupid. Like <laughs> like like the only like 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 they try too hard. Even like they try too hard to hit the fandom, and that's the problem. I tell people, I'm like I'm like just because I'm a fan of these these, these things that they're always like mingling back and forth with doesn't mean I'm going to like the show. And true enough, like every Star Trek episode they've had that I've actually tried tried to sit down and watch, I did not like it. <laughs> and all these other fandom shows because I, I think they did a Battlestar Galactica one at one point, and I was like, nope. Um, yeah, so you know, it's, it's it's weird. You know, I guarantee if they tried to do Monster Hunter, I would have absolutely hated it. That's fair. Anyways, she's great. I I wish she yeah. had more screen time. I think she you know plays what? the perfect side. I want to see like a buddy cop show with her and Nick Fury. So is well, she yeah, there's definitely like history there, and I feel like yeah. she's very underutilized because yeah. she's got like presence and she she did a good job in the role. So I'd like mm-hmm. to see more of her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was she in Agents of Shield at all, Laron? Yes, she was. She was in a couple episodes, right? Yeah. Oh wait, she's she in the definitely very first episode. Up the whole show, right? Yeah. yeah. No, she's not. No, she's not the whole. She's not in the whole show. No. No, but she's she. I, I said she sets up the whole show. She's in the first yeah. episode. Yeah, like, she's in. She she's, she's in, the connective tissue between the movie and the. She's the in four episodes of season one, and then I think that's the last that we see her. After that. And, well, at least for the, for the series, like the movies, yeah, we all know. Like, um, all right, so we have a uh, just a few more here. Uh, I know we kind of been running long a little bit, but that's okay. Uh, Agent Coulson from Clark Gregg obviously is just kind of like the connective, yeah, the heart of the movie. Yeah, uh, he's great. I love him in this movie. I I like when he's telling Captain America about his trading cards, and he's like. I was the first one there. I was watching you while you were sleeping. While you were sleeping, <laughs> I I was there when when you found you not, in the ice. Not creepy at all, but yeah. But but I love Colson because Colson Colson is that is that same nerdy guy through it uh, through and through. Like every time we see him, he's a nerd. He's a fanboy. Uh, He's he's a born he's a born leader, you know, like you know, like everything that he does, like you know, it, it, he has authority behind it, but it's 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 so behind this like this veneer of like I'm just a good guy, I'm just I just want to be cool, and yeah, I, I and I want to and I want to and I'm in the right job because I get to geek out about all this shit. Yeah, yeah, he's he's I think he's probably if you were to t- ask me to 
pick who the best character in this entire movie is. It's it, he's going to be in the conversation. I don't know if he wins, but he's going to be in the conversation for sure. Uh, I love when <laughs> when he uses the big uh, what is it the destroyer weapon that thing. gun yeah. yeah that gun it's hilarious and he's just and like after he gets stabbed or whatever and he still uses it, he's like oh that's what it does <laughs> yeah like he's still making jokes as he's quote unquote dying in the movie right and that gun does make another appearance in uh, Agents of Shield <laughs> yeah I figured it did uh, but yeah Agent Coulson is is awesome. Hell yeah. Mark, do you have anything else to say about Agent Coulson? No, I think he's great. I think he's the perfect, like, character for, for Joss Whedon's sensibilities. Like, he, he, he has been in other films, but they, he's been in very, very, very minor roles. And so he, it doesn't seem off when he's got that kind of banter or when he's quirky like that or whatever. It's like he's the perfect character for that and it really is a nice like entry point into the movie and so he he does a great job and i'm bummed that that he never really i mean i know he's in um captain marvel but he never really got to interact with these characters again yeah yeah Um, because his interaction with them was was the heart of the movie and so yeah very sad that he's did not continue his mcu journey (laughs) right I really would have liked to have seen him come through the portal in the Avengers. In Could the you imagine? It's just him with a gun. Here I am. Or yes. like him, him <laughs> or like him with like the agents of Shield. Like that would have been a cool yeah. kind of nod to that show. But right. Uh, Professor Selvig played again by Stellan Skarsgård. Just he's just awesome, and he's he's in the new Andor uh, show, the new Star Wars show. Which I'm pretty excited about. Him uh, and his son. Him and his son. Uh, 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 sons. Sons. Well, wait, uh, okay, um, I just saw The Northman, la- the Northman last weekend. Good fucking film, by the way. Um, yeah. With, uh, that's Peter Skarsgård. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, right? Yeah, Alexander. Alexander. Who's the, um, and who's the other son? Bill. The other son is uh, Bill. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't really seen a lot with him recently, but I know they're all getting work. He's in it. Damn. He, isn't he it? it? He's Pennywise. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's not that recent. It is. There's, it was like three years Stillman, ago. And then there's Gustav, Bill, Volker, Okay. 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 Well, I, I guess I guess I just don't look <laughs> for that guy. I guess that's what that is. But all I know, all I know is, all I know is that family keeps getting work. Yeah. Which which is good. Which is good. Yeah, but they're 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 wonderful actors. Yeah, he's he's so good. I I love that he is actually still part of the MCU. I love this guy. this guy. He's great. Yeah, um, he's I, a goof. Uh, I guess last but not least, we should probably talk about the main villain of this movie, Loki, played again very capably by Tom Hiddleston. And yeah, this movie would have failed without Tom Hiddleston. I feel like. Yeah, he's. He, he... Go ahead. I mean, they took. It was. A, it was. A, that was a swing. Like they cast two unknowns for Thor. Thor did fine, but not. It didn't set the world on fire. And they made Loki the big villain. And it's like it could have been a huge train wreck. But he he brings such a that like gravitas that he brought to Loki. I mean to mm-hmm. Thor. Um, to this role and in this movie and just mm-hmm. it's 
really, really well done. I mean, he did an amazing job in this movie and continues to do an amazing job in the MCU to this day. Yeah. To me, he he is definitely he feels like in this movie, I would equate his like his presence and his uh, kind of the way he plays this character almost to like the way that people probably thought about Darth Vader's in the, in the seventies and eighties. It's very, he's very scary. He's very methodical. He's very, his, his, it, because I remember when, uh, force awakens came out and the big kind of, I wouldn't say knock on Kylo Ren, but the big thing was like, he's such the opposite of Darth Vader where he's like, he's very, uh, uh, chaotic. He's very outlandish. He's very kind of sporadic in his anger. And Darth Vader was always like this very methodical, very strategic, uh, everything he did was planned. And I feel like Loki is that character for the MCU where he's very, methodical he's very strategic he's always one two three four even four steps ahead of most of the characters in this movie at all times and that makes him very scary and very a very formidable opponent like he's he's great i love him in this movie laron oh sorry Um, did you have something to say mark no no yeah i agree yeah, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm also the same thing. Like, I, honestly, this movie, this movie was very well put together. Of all the characters they had, yeah, like, yeah, true. Hawkeye felt kind of like kind of throw off, you know, you know, um, and like the only way we really gleamed like anything was going on was just, you know, as far as Hawkeye's character was just, you know, like they would throw hints that he and he and Nat had a, um, had history and all that stuff. But, but honestly, Loki, Loki was. Loki was a great central villain. He was a great central villain for this for this film. Uh, like he, like he already had a different feel to him versus his first outing in Thor, which is crazy because like because like I feel like you know like he was just he was just as good in Thor. You know he was just more he was just more of like the the arch villain. You know in Thor, where where in this one he's the real villain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... He, yeah, I, I really, like, even the scepter, like, makes him very scary, you know, him taking control of, you know, some of the characters in this, and uh, I think also the scene where he tries to take Iron Man over and he hits the... Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I was just about to say that, I'm glad you said something about that, Corey. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny, (laughs) because Iron Man has that, or Tony Stark has that big quip of, like, you know, performance issues, and... You know, right. one, yeah. out of, one out of three, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, which is funny because he took over two people and obviously Tony Stark was the third. So it makes sense in this movie that he made that joke. It's just it's a very well-timed joke. Uh, also, his kind of presence uh, when when they go to Germany and they, you know, he kind of picks that guy up and slams him on the table and like puts that machine in his eye. Right. That's. Yeah, a very gross, gross scene. Even though you don't really see anything, mm-hmm. um, right? But it just shows that he's powerful and willing to do things. And also, the transformation of the suit when he walks outside is very cool. That is, that's a, such a cool freaking like yeah. effect. Yeah. yeah, I I like Loki when he's in like a suit and 
has just like hints of green like the scarf was a very cool i'm loki but not loki right now kind of like human loki yeah 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 but man when he when that suit transforms into the loki costume and you see the horns kind of form around his head and his helmet right that scene is really cool Uh, i i really feel i really feel like uh like 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 his performance in this movie alone kind of put tom hilston on the map yeah oh yeah yeah, for sure I mean, it definitely in this, in this film alone because he'd been around for a while, and of course, you know, there was Thor. But I feel like I feel like Thor was so lukewarm with people that you know, like he didn't shine. Yeah, right. Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree with you. Uh, so, yeah, are there any other anything else you want to say about Loki or any of the other kind of characters in this movie? Uh, I do, I do want to, I do want to mention, I do want to mention something. Okay, so the council. The council that she, that uh, Fury was answering to, right? Uh huh. There is a there's a council person in there, uh, played by Powers Booth. Mm-hmm. Right. He is the major Hydra bad guy in season in season three of Agents of Shield. Yeah. Well, that's about the time. That's probably about the time Winter Soldier was coming out, right? Or right. Uh, it after. was after. It was after Winter Soldier. It yeah. was It was after. It was after Winter Soldier. As a matter of fact, no. This um. This is more set up for after Age of Ultron. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but I just want I just want people I just want people to, that are listening out there if you didn't get the correlation because some people may not have even realized that was going on. He's played by Powers Booth. That's Gideon Malik in the um in in, in the canon. He's not his name. None of their names were mentioned there, and I think there was probably one other person in that council. I think it was the woman, the other woman that was talking to Fury and you know trying to give orders to as well and stuff. I think she's also Hydra, but. Mm-hmm. I can't say for sure, but I know for sure, like the main guy that was that was talking to Fury throughout from the council, that's Gideon Malik. Right. And I and I'm I'm actually so glad that they actually like brought him back because he was like a faceless, nameless person in the movie in in Avengers. And you know the fact that they brought him back, you know, and rest in peace, Power Booth, because he did die a few years ago. Like, but but Gideon Malik is like he's like one, of, in my opinion, he's one of the he's one of the better heads of Hydra, like because they get to flesh him out in like the show. Yeah, and he's a great actor, so he has a lot yeah. of yeah presence. So he was he was good. Um, yeah, in that show, and it was a nice way. It was a, it was an easy way for them to, especially as Agents of Sealed got further and further along into the into the show. Like it became more and more difficult for them to have ties to the MCU, and mm-hmm. so this was a nice way for them to continue to have ties to the MCU without yeah. having like Robert Downey Jr. show up in the show or Nick yeah. Fury or whatever. Yeah. Um, Did so yeah. Did, and not that this is important to this show, but did any did anybody show up from the movies in Agents yeah, of Shield? Yep. Uh, yep. Nick Fury Agent, did. Well, Agent Sitwell. Um, I meant like uh, any of the real Lady, characters. Lady <laughs> Sif did. Lady Lady Sif, yeah, like she was in three episodes, I believe, right. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Nick Fury was in one. Same he was no, he was in two. Oh, he was. He was in two. Hmm. Um. But that was really it. I mean, it became more and more difficult to tie into with like the shooting schedule and stuff. Yeah, because and also Agents of Shield is, is like oh. a, is like a network show, and so it's got twenty four seasons, twenty four episodes, twenty four episodes per like, season. It's really yeah, difficult to tie that into the movie release schedule. Another Agents of Shield Easter egg that happened in Avengers when when when. Damn it. When Tony was trying to avoid Coulson at the very beginning of the film, oh, yeah. 
And like you, you have reached the life model decoy of of, 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 of uh, well, Tony Stark. I thought what you were gonna say was um, he's when uh, Pepper in that scene is like, "You have homework. I'm gonna take the jet." She asks him to take, ask Coulson to take her to the um, airport. Yeah, and then she, you hear her off screen saying, "Are you still dating the cellist?" Yes, and he that's says, who. No, she yes. broke up with me. There's a that's whole episode who. where the cellist comes yep. in his in season one. In season one, it's so shield. That that was a big deal that that yeah. shield would do to tie in, to try to tie into the MCU is they they well, it's, it became it's more and more difficult to get these giant characters. Yeah, Joss Whedon was the executive producer for the first four seasons of Shield. Like, I mean, his name is still on the executive producer credits, but but he was he was basically hands off by the time season four ended. Yeah, um, right. But uh, but no, the life model decoy thing that is a major 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 plot device for for season four of Agents of Shield. A major plot device. Life model decoys. Actually, you know what? Oh God, you guys are gonna hate my rating for for this movie when we get to it now because man, there's so much. There was so much in this film that just laid the seeds for like a whole bunch of future stuff, including TV universe. That I was like, man, this is this is this is too good. This yeah. is too good. Uh, yeah. So, are there any? Is there anything else about this movie? I mean, there there's a lot of things we didn't really hit on, like the scene between Loki and Black Widow. Uh, you know, where they kind of talk about unleashing the Hulk. Uh, we didn't really talk about that last no, I loved, act of the movie. I, I loved, I loved in that conversation that, that, that her and Loki had where they were talking about all the red that was in her ledger. Uh-huh. I loved that part. That, that, that part is so, that part is so powerful because, because, because her mentioning that in this film set the whole tone for how 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 uh how natasha is for the rest of her run in mcu because mm-hmm. yeah. and, well, and, 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 mention... and and he mentioned and he mentioned and he mentioned the, the little girl he mentioned her. Right. yes so it's the entire plot of black widow the movie yes is he mentioned, mentioned that. in that scene right mm-hmm. yes yeah uh um, i just i know that the the scene obviously like the last third of the movie is the Battle of New York, uh-huh. and there's one chunk of that of that battle where it's not a continuous shot, but it is shot as if it is a continuous shot, where you just follow and there's like pairs of people. There's like Thor and Hulk on top of one of the Leviathans fighting people, and then they follow Thor, and Thor meets up with Captain America, and then they're fighting together, or whatever, and then Captain America runs off and joins up with Iron Man, and it's like you just it's just like this really beautifully choreographed dance. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's like, seeing, like it's like ballet. Yes, yes, and it was like it, what it, it, it reminded me a lot of those um, amazing scenes in uh, Daredevil, where um, those one-shot scenes, like the hallway scene or the prison riot scene. That was some good um, shit. Yes, but it's like, I mean, that right there. Like, if you, I just feel like if you were gonna, if you were gonna go to a studio and have like a five-minute pitch and be like, I want to make a superhero movie, like that's the pitch. Is you see these characters who we've brought to life before, and we've and you have history with them, and you know what they can do, and you know who they are, and then you just see them interact with each other and play off of each other. And Iron Man's using captain america's shield to reflect off of the and hit other people and like all of these crazy things that are happening and it's like it it, i said 
at some other point earlier in this episode, podcast episode where I was like, I was a big DC fan before this movie and that, that I don't know, seven-minute chunk of the Battle of New York itself, mm-hmm. um, starting basically from when they circle up was like – it made me a Marvel fan for life. Like this was, this was comic books brought to life. This was heroes in front of our eyes. This was like just perfect. It was just perfect. And it, no scene, and I, I will stand by this. Not even the portal scene in Avengers Endgame, I think, comes close to what this scene was able to accomplish. Because what are you, it, what are you talking it, it, about? The, what are you talking about? The the the, the comic book, the the, the, the the legit comic book moment in Age of Ultron when they're in, when they're in that 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 winter forest. Come on. That, go back when we go back and watch it. This, okay. The CG the CG in that moment is so bad, is so unrealistic that it completely removes me from that part. And there is okay. nothing like, yes, there's nameless bad guys that they're fighting and yes, there's CG monsters or whatever, but it's like everything feels so real and there's nothing. It, it just is, is just movie magic in that moment. And so okay. I think, I think that is just the score. Everything is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, uh... yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I can't I can't argue with any of those any of that even 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 your whole thing about the, like the circular like the circular like scene where they're all where they're all squared up and everything, yeah. or, yeah. or, or even let's talk about when they squared up on Loki at the very end. Yeah, that's right. pretty funny too. Uh, yeah, I mean I th- I think the last act of the movie is just really, I like big long action scenes, and I can feel your guys' eyes roll into the back of your head when I'm about to say, but it's okay. Uh, I actually think I, one of my favorite long action scenes in movies is the, the fight in Chicago in the third transformers movie. And like, I think, I, I think it is say what you will about Michael Bay. I think his action scenes and his special effects scenes are very well done in movies. And so, like, I to to that point, like, I think that that's that scene in that third Transformers movie is really fun to watch, even if you're not a fan of those movies. Uh, and this was the first time since that movie that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like at the edge of my seat watching this huge CG action scene. I, right. I, I, I want to make that clear CG action scene, which because obviously a lot, obviously a lot of this is CG, uh, but like, it didn't feel like it to your point, Mark. It just felt like everything felt so real. It felt so uh, done with a purpose, and it was just really well done. Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, so, well, everybody, does anybody have a least favorite moment moment in this movie that they need to talk about, or should we just talk about the credit scenes? I'm trying to think if I had a least favorite moment. I I can't really think. Nothing really stuck out of me as like it was just bad to the point where I didn't like it or nothing like that. You know, yeah. like 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 one like one of my favorite favorite parts of the, of the movie was when uh was when Steve was talking. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, Tony was talking to to Bruce, and he prods him with like an electrical probe. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> and Steve is like, "Hey, what are you doing?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and then Banner's like, 
don't worry. I if I couldn't handle pointy things, I wouldn't have come on the show. But what's but what's right. so funny? But what's so funny about the scene is like he goosed him with that electrical probe. Yeah. And then like like Banner like starts laughing. Yeah. Yeah. Also like also when they when you see the ship start its engines up, and Steve thinks it's a submarine. And the, right. they have that back and forth of like, oh, they th- they think having me submerged in a big metal container is safe, and then yeah. and then you just see it rise out of the water, and he's like, oh yeah, this is better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will say there is a scene in every Avengers movie, and this is a problem with characters like Thor and like Superman, like they like super strong characters they don't really know what to do with. And so there's a scene, in, in notice when we watch the rest of the Avengers movies, with Thor in particular, where time slows down around Thor particularly while other things are going on, and Thor is just doing something nonsensical. In this movie, it's when he uh, falls in the prison and is on the ground and then decides, let's make a new suit, and walks for five minutes to go pick up Mjolnir, the yeah. hammer that yeah. can magically return to his hands. Yeah. And so... He, it's like it, it, it spans like so much stuff happens up on the helicarrier and elsewhere, and he's just walking to get this thing. In event, yeah, in, um, Age of Ultron, it's him taking a bath with his shirt off, trying to see uh, what's going to happen. And hey, that was, hey, that was for the fans. Uh, listen, <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that, but I'm just saying it's like every Avengers movie. There's just some really dumb, nonsensical moment where it's like Thor's off doing nothing. And then, because he has to be away so that he can then come back and be triumphant, right? Yeah. In, in Infinity War, he's on the star, forging together Stormbreaker, um, and so it's just just notice next time. There's always I, a moment. I mean, yeah, I you just, are right. You are right. I mean, even in thumbs. even in Thor: Love and Thunder, he's like, I feel like Thor. Every purpose of Thor is like, I'm trying to find myself in right. this movie that I'm in, and it's like. You've been in the most movies out of the the major yeah. three characters. Like you sh- plus, plus, bro, you have your own movie. So why aren't <laughs> you doing this there? Yeah. So, yeah, whatever. All right. Mid and after credit scene. Obviously, the after credit scene is them eating shawarma. Uh, fun fact: uh, Chris Evans had a beard in that scene, which is why he's covering it. And they put a prosthetic f- face piece on, and he's the only right. one not eating in the scene. Yeah, uh, because he's like holding the prosthetic. He was filming another. I was, movie. I was wondering. Yeah. I was wondering why he was sitting there just looking all bored. Yeah, because he's holding the prosthetic on his face because they didn't really put it on correctly. Yeah, well, because they filmed it. They had the premiere, and then it was like the world premiere. Yeah, and then it was coming to theaters like that weekend or something, and so they yeah. filmed it the night of the premiere, the night after the premiere. Yeah. And so he's like sitting there holding the prosthetic on his face, which is really. Funny. I always, I always wonder why he wasn't eating because you, you would yeah. think, you would think him trying to like get caught up on everything like this happening in the world right now, he would have been eating. Yeah. Uh, but the mid credit scene is the one, obviously, that kind of sets up the entire rest of what's going to happen, right? And so, uh, the mid credit scene shows Thanos for the first time. Yeah. So. I I'm I'm just gonna go first, and because I had no idea who Thanos was when I saw this, and I didn't understand why the theater I was in was cheering so loud. Uh, yeah, me too. 
So, but I, obviously, I after I got invested in this, I had to like figure it out. But Laurent, I feel this way with, oh. with every like post credit scene where a big major like future character is introduced because I'm not a comic book reader and so I don't really know mm -hmm. what's coming so every character that's introduced I'm like well okay let me go home and look this up and see who this is like mm -hmm. it just happened with uh minor spoiler alert with Doctor Strange like in the post credit scene I was like I don't know who this person is let me go look up who this person is so yeah. it's like for people like me, I feel like it happens every single time. Who's yeah. this new mm -hmm. person? Every, every time a new character that has not been established in this universe shows up, I have to look them up. Right. Right. Oh, my God. I guess, I, I guess I'm the true Marvel nerd here. Yeah, because nerd. I, knew, I, knew exact, I knew exactly who Thanos was. Like, But I'll tell I you like, how I knew. Why is McDonald's opening I... restaurants in what? space? He oh. looks like Grimace. Angry oh. Grimace. Okay. Yeah. I, I, you, you threw me for a second there. I was like, what? Um, yeah, like, um, like I knew who Thanos was, but honestly, yeah, a little bit of trivia about me. Like the only reason why I really knew who Thanos was, was because, was because of, I'm, I'm, I'm a Capcom fighting game person and he was the bad guy in Marvel superheroes. Hmm. Oh. <coughs> yeah. So, and so I knew, so I knew about him. I knew about that damn gauntlet and all those damn rings because it's a, it's a central thing in that actual game. So yeah, that's how I knew him. Yeah broken as fuck boss look if if these characters didn't show up in like the three runs of x-men comics i was reading during the 90s i didn't know who they were so oh yeah well no like thanos is thanos has been thanos has been x-men comics before our time Corey, and i've been reading x-men yeah. for a long damn time yeah i mean yeah he's I, never returned and it seems like x-men always spawns their own bad guys you know <laughs> yeah uh so yeah, I mean that obviously this sets up something huge at the time. I didn't know. Obviously, it became the biggest thing in the entire world. So, uh, yeah. Anyways, let's uh, let's rank this movie. So right now, right now, our standings are as follows: uh, five number at number five, Incredible Hulk. Uh, number four, Iron Man two. Number three, Thor. Number two, Iron Man. And number one, Captain America, the first Avenger. Um, Captain America is in danger. <laughs> I I kind of feel that way, although I actually <laughs> disagree with that. I would actually put it probably under Iron Man. But uh, so is it better than Incredible Hulk? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is it better than Iron Man 2? Yes. Yes. Is it better than Thor? Uh, yes. yes. Uh, is it better than Iron Man? Um, I I really hate I really hate to say this, but personally for me, yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Okay. Is it better than Captain America? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that's one for Captain America. What about you, Laron? Is he better than Captain America? Yeah. This is a struggle. This is a struggle, but I'm going to say Captain America is still holding strong right now. Ooh. This is the most bizarre list. I know. This list is not how I thought this was going to go. Uh, Captain, because... America's, Cap Captain America is still holding strong. In... 
Captain America is still holding strong, in my opinion, because guess what? Captain America is basically a prequel to this film. Like, Captain America, the Captain America film was established to let us know that this guy was going to be the leader for the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, I mean, personally, I think Iron Man's pr- probably a better movie for me personally than this, but at, this is going to sit at number two, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, all right. Oh, don't, oh, oh, tr- oh, trust me. There are going to be other in cap Marvel movies that are oh, going to like yeah. that are going like no, screw look, this whole thing. I up. actually think that most of this list is going to be towards the bottom by the time we're done with MCU. <laughs> For uh, real, it's just so quaint uh, to have Mar- like all these movies kind of <laughs> be Avengers movies straight up now. Uh, so, yeah. All right, so our current ranking, our final ranking of Phase 1 uh, is number 6, Incredible Hulk, number 5, Iron Man 2, number 4, Thor, number 3, Iron Man, number 2, Avengers, number 1, Captain America, the first Avenger, which I'm happy Captain America's at number 1 because it's still my favorite Phase 1 movie, but like... <laughs> This list is shocking. Yeah, yeah, this is a bonk. This is a bonkers list. (laughs) To be fair, Thor's only as high as it is because it's Mark's favorite. Ah, yeah, it's so good. No, it's. Mm. Oh my gosh, I can't wait till we. I can't wait till we get to the Dark World because like everyone's everyone's trying to convince me it's the worst Thor movie. It's the worst Thor movie. So like, it's I haven't seen a lot of people are convincing me it's the worst movie. Like I I haven't seen it since it came out. Yeah, so, I haven't seen this movie in a long while, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Uh, yeah. So before we get out of here, here's here's the kind of overall encapsulation of what we're doing for Phase Two. So we're actually not starting with Iron Man Three. We're starting with uh, why does it say Captain Carter? Agent Carter seasons one and two. Uh, those will each season will be its individual episode, but we will rank the show in total. Uh, among the other movies so uh iron man 3 will be after agent carter thor the dark world captain america the winter soldier man we gotta wait like so long to do captain america uh guardians of the galaxy avengers age of ultron and wrap up phase two with ant-man so um there's our phase two what's coming from the mcu rewatch ranking list um is there are there any other shows we want to do besides like not talking like the disney plus shows right now but are there any other shows that we want to kind of include in this list i know we kind of talked about it already but like some things have been announced since uh (laughs) since we kind of talked about it like a fourth season of daredevil (laughs) coming to disney plus I would say we would I, I would think we should wait and see if it truly is a fourth season or if it is just a another season of a character and the same actor who played it but it's not this it's not in continuity because I would I would I feel like for those Netflix shows they're not going to be in continuity with what existed before well then I thought they said that it was a continuation but a new story I thought is what they said. Yeah, yeah, I think I, that is what they said. But, but what does that actually I mean, mean? Like, right? So. I would love to do Daredevil because that's my, I think, my favorite thing that the MCU has done. But um, 
Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I mean, I guess we could talk about it off air, but this is this is what phase two is looking like. So, uh, do we? Hmm. Uh, maybe maybe at the beginning of the first season of of Agent Carter, we'll do like a predictions of where we think these <laughs> our phase two list kind of lands. Um, even though I have a pretty good idea looking at this list of how my list would go. Yeah. Um, but anyways, that's that's going to do it for phase one of our MCU rewatch. I want to thank everybody for watching and are listening. Uh, remember to like, subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you listen. Mark, Laron, thank you for your time this evening. Uh, yeah, bit, thank you. Always, always a pleasure. A little bit longer than I anticipated, but that's okay. Yeah, I, I, thought, th- I thought this was going to run really fast. I mean, there's this is a big movie. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Mark, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at except in Pereira, and you can find me over at Boss Rush, um, occasionally writing things for Boss Rush, um, entertainment and uh, game, video game stuff. Laurent, uh, you can find me everywhere. Basically, uh, just follow EXODUS eight zero three Exodus eight zero three. So. Social media, Twitch, YouTube, Gamertag, uh, yeah. Things. Things, yeah. Uh, you can find me at I am Corey and HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me hosting the Boss Rush podcast on Nintendo Power Block. Standard Def, After Dark, various other things here on the Boss Rush Network. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye. Take care of yourselves.